coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Gather around the super happy tree as we relive Yoshi's story on the Nintendo 64. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? It's going pretty good. I got a haircut last week, mm. the end of last week, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. Are you ever like satisfied with your haircuts? No, and I dread the haircut experience. I hate it while I'm there, and then afterwards, I'm like, I look terrible. No, I hate every part of getting a haircut. I feel like any time that I'm feeling semi-okay about my hair, mm-hmm. I like see it from a new, fresh angle, right? <laughs> like you catch yourself in a window reflection, right? or like walking past a store display, mm-hmm. and you're like, is that what the side of my head looks like? Yeah, so here's the thing, is that I think we as human beings think about our own hair way more than anyone else thinks about our hair. Definitely true. Because um, I, I will frequently look at my hair and be like, oh my god, why does anyone talk to you ever? Um, but I, I, I can't actually imagine that anyone is like meeting me or spending time with me as they normally do looking at my hair. No, because as, as worried as we are about our hair, mm-hmm. other people are worried about their hair so they I'm, don't have time to worry about right how, what our hair looks like because they're terrified what we're thinking of their hair this is the secret to all social interaction except for rich people if you're mm. interacting with rich people this rule does not apply they judge your hair yes right out the gate because they have the luxury of time <laughs> <laughs> or uh, an assistant to do their hair for them Right, or to judge hair for them. Or or these are also the kind of people that are going to, like, the barber every week. I was going to say every day. That's not right. No one does that, right? There has to be, maybe not every day, but I feel like there has to be people who are going on a, like, I I would say every other day. That's so much. I got to tell you, it is uh, part of a, I dislike the haircut experience so much that it is sort of part of a persistent fantasy of mine. That there's like a barber, not a barber shop, but an individual barber who works in the building I work in, right? That like I've got an old time like chummy relationship with. I go down every week or every two weeks and he just does like a little trim up and like makes everything all right. And it's all like where I am and it's someone that I know and that I'm comfortable with and who knows me. Yeah, if it wasn't so much of a process, yeah, I would totally get my hair cleaned up like every two weeks. Yes. So hey, if you are a burgeoning barber uh-huh a like, bb yeah a bb uh-huh if you're a bb um know that there is a market yes for like a super easy low stakes or like like going to the barber's the high stakes experience <laughs> <laughs> it's just i also i kind of just want an experience like the thing that's a nightmare to me about going to get my hair cut is that i am trapped in a chair with someone who is sort of indirectly their job is to like talk to people all day. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to a stranger. Yeah. I just don't want that. Also, there's no guarantee that if you go to the same like barber mm-hmm. every time that you're always going to get a good cut. 
Because my no. mom goes to like the same um, hair stylist, hair artist, sculpturist. Like every time. And there are times where she'll be like, oh, it wasn't as good this time or it wasn't very good. But we're not here to talk about haircuts today. <laughs> we are here to talk about Yoshi's story. That's right. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get uh, the wonderful uh, Kelly Nugent, uh, podcaster, comedian, uh, voice actress, uh, who is big into Yoshi and wanted to talk about Yoshi's story. She joined us to talk uh, about the game, and it was a good conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. Can we pick it up? Sure. Talk- sure. Talking about Yoshi's story. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. <laughs> like that was like really considered. I yeah. was. I was. Yeah. yeah. I was. Uh. I was thinking, how long can I stretch this pause out? Oh. Oh. Not that long. <laughs> no, it was, it was not that long. I caved to the pressure of two people staring at me expectantly. <laughs> uh, well, we have learned that your uh, weakness is impatience. That's true. Because yeah. Because especially when you're feeling wild invincible uh-huh. perhaps breaking a streak of 30 plus all right all right hold on and <laughs> breaking trust of two friends yeah we- excuse me that was trust broken it's yeah. so stressful to have the controller in your hand <laughs> playing yoshi's story when everyone is looking at you i wouldn't know i chose not to do that yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's there's courage in action mark not courage in inaction well if anybody saw dunkirk i would say surviving is its own <laughs> form of bravery so I would say that Yoshi's story is unlike Dunkirk in all ways. <laughs> Except for the stress, the, the World War II aspect of it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh, right, I right, right, right. The fundamental building block of Yoshi's right, story. Right. Though there is a, in Yoshi's story, there is, uh, whenever you hit these like little time trial things, mm-hmm. um, then it does cue like a little, a little music thing that sounds like a ticking clock, but it's like more fun, right? It's mm-hmm. like tick, 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 Yeah. Tick, and it starts with like, yeah. And it's yeah. like, so it's kind of like jolly and fun, but to me, it's more sinister. This is more sinister than a ticking clock. Oh, I it's see. It's very. I'm very nervous. <laughs> I but I don't do well in like time trials. I don't do well, especially with the balancing thing that you have to do with all of those melons. Like I don't do well in things where I, I like being able to choose the pace I'm going and stuff. So it seems like that that is what Yoshi's story is. Right, is a game that allows you to choose your pace. Right, and like really take time to explore. Um, and like, if you want to just blow through the levels and collect fruits and just be done with it, you can do that. You can do. Yeah. I mean, the game is very personalizable. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Cause you one. can be one of six color Yoshis. Mm-hmm. So already what you, who are you? Are you a light blue lo- Yoshi? Are you a mm-hmm. dark blue Yoshi? Um, do you have an affinity for any specific Yoshi? Kelly? Light blue Yoshi. Light blue Yoshi. Because he's the closest to teal, and teal is my favorite color. Mm. Mark, do you have an affinity for any of the Yoshis? I, I like OG Yoshi. Like mm, green. green Yoshi is the one true Yoshi. Uh, I like the pink Yoshi, but largely because Sarah hates it. Sarah mm. thinks that uh, the pink Yoshi is is a pandering Yoshi. To be like, see, girls, we have a Yoshi in here for you, too. That's interesting. I assume the yellow is the Yoshi that everybody hates. Yeah. I assumed that, too. Also, I don't know. I'm I'm not as upset about, like, uh, like oh, here's a pink Yoshi for 
for you girls just because I, well, I don't know if that was true. Right. Maybe it is. I, 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 I mean, I don't feel like that's true. I mean, the entire game has a cute aesthetic. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they were like, this is really uh, only. I, it's not like when they were designing the game, they're like, "Uh oh, this is too appealing for only boys. Let's put a pink yeah. Yoshi." You know, yeah, it's like not this like game the, is a little too macho. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first adjective that comes to mind with Yoshi yeah. story is macho. The entire game, I and mean, we've actually talked about this before on the show that like Nintendo's whole thing is about fun and bringing joy. Yeah, and this game is literally about the amount of joy that you can. Yeah, that's their goal. The Yoshi's they're, are trying to bring happiness back by saving the super happy tree. So I feel like you may have just done it, but let's break down the story. Okay, so the Yoshis are trying to bring happiness back by saving the super happiness. (laughs) And it's a storybook, like the whole aesthetic. It's literally a a storybook. Yes, and the 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 super happy tree has been uh, taken. I was going to say kidnapped, but that's obviously wrong. Has been taken. It's not a person. It's not a person. By uh, is he called Bowser Junior or Baby Bowser in this? I don't know if he even has a name. Yeah. He Does may- he d- like when he's speaking? Is there a? Right. I think it's just his dialogue and not necessarily. It doesn't say. I feel like in it the storybook say- portion, it does name mm. him though. It, does I want to say it's Baby Bowser, but I can. I'll look it up. So okay. it's, but I guess canonically in Mario going forward, this is Bowser Jr. Junior. Um, I who- can't not call him Baby Bowser though. I always do. It, it is. It's Baby Bowser. It is <gasps> Baby Bowser. It's Baby Bowser. That's why. Uh, so that's, there's a weird little bit of retconning there. So does that mean that this is Bowser as a baby? Oh, oh. yes. I think so because it's baby Yoshi too. Yeah, right? these Yoshis are babies. Are babies because they refer to them as babies yeah. multiple times. Well, so this is something that, to go back to the story, uh, the happy tree has been taken and so everything has been turned into a storybook, including all the living Yoshis, with the exception of these six Yoshi eggs that hatch at the beginning, one of each of these colors, and they're like regular Yoshis in the storybook world, is my read on it. I'll take your word for it. Mark, you and I watched the opening of this game. I haven't watched it. Have in a you long blocked time. it out? <laughs> yeah, I I was not paying that close of attention. I yeah, I mean I'm I'm fine with that. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what my point was, other than uh, like the uh, the baby aesthetic is interesting to me because like. This game is obviously a sequel to um, Yoshi's Island for the Super Nintendo, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a very Nintendo sequel in the way that it's like, what did you like about uh, Yoshi's Island? Okay, cool. We're not really going to do that this time. Yeah. Well, so uh, do you guys have experience playing Yoshi's Island? I only have a little bit. I played the the GBA port, which I know is not the best. Um, But have either of you guys played Yoshi's Island on the Super Nintendo? It's much more of just a traditional platformer, like all of this where you have to gather the fruit. Because so in Yoshi's story, the goal of it, of each level is to get 30 fruit pieces. And once you do that, you're done. Um, There's no like level clearing. Right. And so when we were playing it, I mean, I didn't actually play. I just watched (laughs) because it looked so incredibly stressful. It was a very stressful game. But that stress was totally of our own making because to actually just get through 30 fruit pieces is probably not that difficult. Yeah, you can do... Because when I uh, played this game um, the last time here at your house, Patrick, Yeah, uh, I did not remember the rules of the game. And as you guys have seen, I don't like to read directions. And I'm just like, I don't know, I'll just do it. And I kept like beating the level 
after like doing a third of what was actually there. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I don't know. Maybe I just don't ever play the whole thing. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I could wait and like not eat all the fruits that I come across. But yeah, I mean, it seems like to play this game really well, you need to have a game plan, right? Like you need to know how you're going to approach each level and be like, am I going to try to go for all of those uh, light green melons? And th These are all like things you need to either discover by playing the game because like it's not very clearly laid out for you, right? You can get hearts, you can get different kinds of fruits. There's a favorite fruit, there's a lucky fruit, mm -hmm. like there are coins um, and the game does maybe a terrible job if no job of establishing what those priorities are right well there's yeah there's no like there's no tutorial level unless you play the practice which we discovered f like after having beat the entire game and we were doing right. that but also no thank you to that like practice. no thank you it looked so boring so like i feel like and i'm sure that you guys have talked about this um because you talk about old games often um but because I haven't played Yoshi's Story in so long, like mm -hmm. this is such a, like it brings you back into a world before the internet and like how if you wanted to play video games, like yeah. you just had to learn how to play them as you were playing them because we looked things up when we were playing it just now. Like, yeah. And, I, and it brought me back to, remember when like games came with like a thick manual mm -hmm, and you'd have to like mm -hmm. read through the manual and be like, okay, this is how you play and this is what this is for. Right, so you've I'm wondering, got a note section in the back. Yes. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this game can't remember if it did came with like a little manual telling you like okay you need to at the beginning yeah. you uh roll a lottery thing and then you pick which is your lucky fruit for the entire game and then your favorite fruit corresponds to the color of your yoshi yeah so i just for uh you know full disclosure we are playing the game uh, on the virtual console on the wii u um and not on the nintendo 64 as it uh, originally appeared kelly is that where you uh first encountered the game was on yeah on nintendo 64, 64. Yeah. um Let's. I want to get into why you want to talk about this game and why why this game speaks to you. I okay. <laughs> um, when I was a kid or w younger and like was playing video games, I remember like really not liking games that presented too much of a challenge. Sure. This game, like, there is certainly a learning curve and it mm -hmm. is very stressful. But I would say it's like. It's not like I'm playing like Dark Souls or something, right. you know, like this is like a game that once you know what you're supposed to do, the challenge is just in like, can you jump to this thing and can you eat this fruit in time and can you kill this shy guy in time? Right. Um, so I and it's not scary, which I also was like a huge scaredy cat when I was younger. So I. I remember this was one of the first like non racing, non like this is just like a platform yeah. It, like that was like one of the first of those types of games that I was playing, which wasn't like uh like Mario Kart or like Mario Party, which is like everybody playing together multiplayer. Yeah. It's it's this game's like a a solitary experience. Yeah. In, in a way. I guess I mean we were all we were the three of us were just playing it on, on the couch together, basically just handing the controller off. Um which I liked that we were able to like we ended up being our own obstacles, like mm -hmm. yelling at each other mm -hmm. and like stressing <laughs> each other out. Mm -hmm. But like, it is a game that is um, like kind of solitary and almost like a, a, a lonely experience because you can just like wander around the map. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finding everything. There are like specifically, there is one level that I remember very clearly and we actually didn't play it while we were playing this mm -hmm. time. And it's where you're like running around in like this sleepy dream world. 
and the background uh, and the, the music is like sleepy version of Yoshi. So it's like a harpsichord or something. And, and then um, the background is like a, a fabric, uh, a deep like azure blue fabric. And mm-hmm. it's just like a very like dreamy world. And I remember this is such a weird memory, but I just remember like sitting with my godmother and I was playing it and she had this blanket that was like, and I have an exact same blanket because yeah. I bought it because it reminded me of her and she passed away. So I, it's a deep azure blue with like a crescent moon and a sun and stars and like, you know that look, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like that fabric that's like kind of rough. And so that fabric looked like the fabric and I was like wrapped in the blanket while also playing the game. So I was like, I'm like Yoshi. That's <laughs> so so I, I love the idea that there's like a connection, like a tactile connection between the, the textures that you see in the game and like something that you can experience in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, so th- this thing was on the Nintendo 64, right? Where um, we're getting a lot of, like, very low polygon um, games that don't look super great, right? Especially by, mm-hmm. like, today's standards. We were blown away at the time because we were like, whoa! Yeah. Mar- yeah. The joystick moves in every direction. <laughs> <laughs> Mario can climb all the trees. Yeah. But I think there's something about, uh, like, Nintendo realizing that they can tap into something more like primal in like textures right of seeing yes like we can make this look like jeans and then you're like jeans i recognize jeans mm-hmm. it's a texture thing that you respond to and i think that's true with like the the clouds and fuzzy blankets and stuff i don't know i, I think it's it's interesting obviously the game doesn't isn't very realistic looking in any way but like I think the textures are evocative of something real well coming back to this game after not like really experiencing it for i don't know when did this come out like 98 so like almost 20 years is that's crazy by the way it's like you look at it now and you're like oh these are this is basically the forerunner to the yoshi's woolly world games and like kirby's epic yarn yeah like i feel like that like Mm. aesthetic and that like tactile Mm -hmm. uh that sense of like i don't know what you would call that yeah i mean the, the there's like a physicality that you can um I mean, obviously, you're not physically feeling it, but like it's it triggers those memories in you, those sense memories. Yeah, and also uh, those games are developed by Goodfeel, mm-hmm. and Goodfeel has a very they make very specific types of platformers. Yeah, and it's they remind me very much of Yoshi's Story. Like it, to me, it looks like the developers of Goodfeel saw Yoshi's Story and were like, let's just do that forever. Right, mm. and it wasn't until like 18 years later that Nintendo was like, oh yeah, you can make a Yoshi game. <laughs> um, so an uh, interesting note about Yoshi's Bully World in relationship to this game. Um, Yoshi's Bully World is the next Yoshi console game. So like between... Uh, Yoshi Story and Wooly World, there are no Yoshi games on console. Um, a couple come out on handheld. There's like uh, Yoshi's New Island on DS, and like Yoshi Touch and Go is a little bit like uh, a traditional Yoshi game. But there's like after this game, uh, Yoshi Yoshi games as they appear on console go dormant for over a decade. Um, so it's I don't know like is what do we see in Yoshi's story that feels like um, Nintendo evolving in like a smart way? And what is like, what's, what's bad about it? Like why, why didn't it come right back on the GameCube? You know what I mean? Well, I think part of it is that uh, Yoshi's story is one of very few 
traditional 2D platformers on the N64. Sure. And so some of it, I think, is just like games in general were moving away from that mm-hmm. aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't see a 2D Mario until the DS era. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we didn't see one point. on consoles until the Wii. Mm-hmm. So I think there was just a time where like these were very much out like not in vogue. Yeah. Yeah, there was like totally, because everyone was like, okay, we've done that. That's boring. We can move in 3D now. That's what people want. And I remember like, even as a game consumer being like, I'm done with that. Like I want to, but then I was like intimidated also by like moving in 3D and like was not good at um, when, oh, when things started to switch to, this may not be a specifically Nintendo thing and I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, (laughs) But like when it was like using your uh, one joystick for like, directional and then one for like oh sure dual analog i remember being like dear god this is really hard Mm -hmm. and like actually like taking a step back from video games just because the learning curve is fairly steep but once you got it you've got it and it's very easy well and especially because uh because i did grow up just playing nintendo platforms uh like even the GameCube wasn't really dual analog, mm-hmm. and so yeah, moving right. tool to, to dual analog was really difficult. Because it, it's, it was hard. It was really hard for me. Like I and I remember being like, well, maybe I just won't play video games anymore. <laughs> like I, it's <laughs> so sad. It was really sad because they do bring me so 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 much joy. And mm-hmm. then I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna like play. I gotta figure it out. I gotta figure it out. And then I think that's when I became a braver person in general too. Yeah, well, because right, I was of like willing to. So, like try I'm gonna and conquer learn. my fears. Yeah, I'm gonna conquer my fears of dual analog uh, gameplay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I also remember that being like a huge hangup. Um, and one of the reasons that, like, as my friends started playing Halo, that I was like, totally. Yes, it was Halo. Yeah. Exactly. Where I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean I have to face? one direction with this thing and move with this thing. Yes. It's very frustrating to me. And especially because I feel like Halo players are mean. I don't know. They're just like meaner. <laughs> no, like, they were definitely at the time, for sure. At the time. I don't, I don't know what Halo players are like now. Neither do I. I don't play with I don't play with No, I don't. I, um, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, though, like a thing that like you kind of mentioned, like the thing with Nintendo has always been like joy and like sweetness mm-hmm. and like that kind of thing. And I think for a second, and I we saw a similar trend in like movies. Yeah, we're fine. Um, which was like, we were like, oh, you know what? No, we want like the gritty real thing because like the world was really good. And so we were like, oh, like the economy's great. Like we need to escape to like <laughs> a really messed up universe. And now everything's like really horrible. And I think people are like, all right, you know what? Maybe it's okay to have fun again. It's okay to have fun. And like, it's okay to have a little bit of cheese and it's okay to have like these really sweet characters and have stuff just be cute. Because that was the thing that I was noticing about playing Yoshi, Yoshi's story is that Everything is so, so cute. And it's just like nice to just turn your brain off and mm-hmm. be like. And just enjoy something for once. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, that being said, let's continue to speak critically of it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, let's talk about, because we, we were, while playing, we were talking about how like it's very cute, but somehow doesn't like cross that line over into annoying. Mark, you brought that up. Well, the music specifically mm-hmm. is what we were talking about because the Yoshi was. Is it Yoshi's? Is that the plural of Yoshi? 
the Yoshi, the Yoshis, the, the Yoshis. Yoshis. I would the say Yoshis. the Yoshis. Okay, I would say so, the Yoshis. So the Yoshis, they will, they join together and sing songs, mm-hmm. right? And uh, in celebration, when in you... celebration, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and it's really cute, and it sounds a little bit like the Minions. Sure. But like the voice comes from the same place, right? But it never crosses over into that line. Mm-hmm. You're just, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a very thin line between cute and annoying, and the game never seems to stray from that. Well, because we we know those voices are coming from Yoshi's, which we already know and love. Mm-hmm. So already we're like on board. It's not like because the minions I have so many problems with. I think we've kind of touched on that because I did kind of go on a diatribe about the minions <laughs> on the couch. Um, which is that they're mean and just gross and, and they're, they're like crass. Dickensian grotesques. Like I don't need that in my like child, like whatever. Um, but the Yoshis are cute. And the fact that they're coming from a cute little like dinosaur lizardy thing is cute. Yeah. Um, I think, I think there's a, a timelessness to them too, that the minions don't have. The minions seem like a product of, of now and they exist in the world of 2017 or whatever but like the yoshis are always going to be you know on some dinosaur island or in the mushroom kingdom or whatever well and also speaking to that like you're like oh minions are of now but that's also true just like there's no irony in the yoshi games right they're very yes. sincere like yes. yoshi story is very like yes um it, uh, sincere versus the minions, which are very, they're like ironic, That's, you know, like they're I w- like detached. I yes. don't know. We, I was talking about this um, uh, on Teen Creeps actually, which is like the difference between like cheese and camp and why we like camp and cheese is kind of like, look at how like wink, wink, we're being mm-hmm. real cheesy. Whereas like camp is like, there is an earnestness there. There is a love for the characters there. And that's kind of why it's easier to buy into that. Absolutely. And, and so like, that's totally, I feel like the feeling with Yoshi. So does, y- does Yoshi tap into like a cuteness camp? Is that, is that like, I our- think so. Cause it's completely, I mean, come on. They're like singing together about this tree and, it, and it's of earnest happiness. Yeah. Yeah. What is the tree? Like the, tr- it's, the it's super happy. So tree. yeah. I mean, it's just very like uh surface level, but that's fine. Right, it's like, like it's basic. not. Yeah, it's basic, <laughs> it, but it is, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's like a macchiato, <laughs> like a like it's it's. What what do, you, what what do you call it when you have a uh, when you have a coffee drink, but instead of milk, it's the f- like full fat cream. It's like breve. You have oh. like a, a, a latte breve, some sure. bre- something like that. I worked at a coffee shop for a little bit. Okay, and you know what? You don't have to. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I am bragging. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, sorry. Uh, he's available for autographs <laughs> after this. Will you sign my cold brew? <laughs> Absolutely. There we go. Um, sure. I'm, I'm just saying that's one of the more decadent uh, of macchiato. Sure. Uh, I mean, I always get a full fat whole milk anyway if I'm getting a milk in my coffee. Mm-hmm. Not uh, that I'm not loving this conversation, but where exactly was the line that you were drawing, Patrick, from your Macchiata. vast coffee knowledge? So this to is like an indulgent. Or were you just rubbing it in our faces? That's uh, Kelly's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an indulgence. Sure, uh, sure. That that the game is a like just positive, sweet experience, but also maybe a little bit too frustrating for its own good. It is a bit frustrating. It. I can't. And again, this is assuming that, like, let's say you don't have a manual on you or something. Uh, I'm going to grab the uh, the gamepad right now and see if there is a, a manual that's sure. on that thing. I just can't imagine 
like I think I thought it was fun when I was playing it originally, but also it might've been like a world of unknown unknowns. Like I, like I thought it was cute and fun. And like, I was like, I guess this is just how I play the game. Cause I didn't even when I was playing it, know the rules that we discovered existed when you looked them up. Well, and it's also, it is a very approachable game. I was surprised to, because we were in like, when we were playing together on the couch, it was kind of like a high stress, frustrating experience, Mm -hmm. but it totally was of our own making. And I was looking up the, kind of like general critical consensus to this game when it was released and the criticisms of it that was that it was too easy. And so I think like as a child it is, and this isn't a um, like a bad thing about it, but it's very approachable as a child because you are just, as soon as you get 30 fruit, you're done with the level, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. it's really only if you're score chasing that it becomes really stressful because otherwise it's very just like pleasant and you can get whatever fruit you want. And you know, if you're not paying attention to the lucky fruit and you're just like, I really like bananas. So I'm just going to try to go for bananas. Then it's not that bad. Yeah. Base beating the game is a snap. Well, especially so easy, especially because I don't think we've talked about this yet, but the way the game works is a little bit like Patrick, you were saying like star Mm -hmm. Fox where you only there are what, like five or six pages in the storybook mm-hmm. and you only play through one level on a page per like playthrough of the game right. or of the and story. there are anywhere between one to four options per page depending on how many hearts you get yeah, in like, the previous page. Like you have to unlock those. So mm-hmm. you could go through the game as a kid or even as an adult and not know, not get any of the hearts and still beat the whole thing and be like, oh, that was great. I'm done. I don't have to worry about it. It is, yeah. It, it, approachable is completely the correct term. It is so, uh, so easy. Oh, and I, I feel like that's something that Nintendo is praised for now that like a game can be with, without having like difficulty sliders or whatever that like the game is as complicated as you want it to be, you know, that, um, that that's true of, uh, the new Yoshi game or like that, that Kirby's Epic Yarn or, uh, even, um, 3d world that like, if you want to just like play the game and have the experience, you can do that, but there are more stars for you to find in the level. Um, and like, if you want a deeper, more challenging experience, it's there, but like, it's not, uh, it's not necessary for you to clear those bigger challenges, just to experience the game. But I think that that's a balance that you were talking, you were asking like what Yoshi's stories, like legacy for Nintendo kind of is. Mm -hmm. And I think that difficulty balance is one that Nintendo has struggled with for a lot of years, like trying to find the right in between. Cause there were times when, you know, when they introduced, I think it was in the new super Mario brothers. We, that basically just like skip ahead function where you could die like a number of times and then it would just give you the option to like jump ahead. And they were really criticized for that. And I think they've kind of struggled trying to find that perfect balance of making an approachable experience, but also challenge for people who are looking for it. Right. Well, and I mean, I think that's even something that we see now, like in um, the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, that you can turn on, you know, the automatic, it's not automatic steering, but it'll save you from uh, plummeting yeah. off the side of the track or like the automatic acceleration and stuff too. Like, I think they like to have this, have an option in there that like, if you're struggling to play the game, here are just some things that will make it easier for you to get by. But like, there's still um, the, the ceiling for like being good at the game is still so high. 
I think that's a really valuable customization mm-hmm. because I've never been one of those people that's like, like you need to be able to play a game on like super insane. Get good. Where I'm like, there. It just reminds me of like nerd gatekeepers that are just mm-hmm. like you're not enough of a fan you're not enough of a nerd you're not enough of a video game like you're not enough of a gamer and it's like just let people like what they want to like and how they want to like it and yeah. like if they're consuming the content then that's then that's it they're doing it and so i i like also that but for the people who are looking for a challenge which i would say we were when we started playing yoshi story we went from zero to 60 real quick oh yeah because Okay, when we're, we're when we started playing, we were like, avoid the light melons. Those are garbage melons. We did not want those melons. Okay, turns out, the exact opposite is true. <laughs> Highly desirable melons. <laughs> they are the most desirable melons. And if you can clear the clear level using only those melons, then you get a special bonus. And even if you're not doing that, each one is worth a hundred extra points at the end of the level. Um, so. As soon as we realized this, we were like, oh, let's try to get all the melons. And it makes the game, it makes it a different game, right? Yeah. It becomes much more of a, well, it gives you direction for sure, Mm -hmm. which is like, rather than this vague, like collect fruit until you stop collecting fruit. This is like hunt out these melons and avoid other fruits like bananas when you've already gotten 25 I apologized for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I remember when you were like, what fruit didn't I get? And both Mike and I were like, the banana. Do <laughs> <laughs> you got the bananas. Um, can I mention that you just handed me, is this the yes. manual? Yeah. So if you scroll down. Um, I hate looking at this. You hate looking at it? It's well, so busy. Because I don't like instructions. So I'm already <laughs> like, oh God, what? And then there's just like a whole. But I think if you didn't have the mm-hmm. internet and this was your little paper thing, Oh, actually, it's kind of cute. Maybe but it, but it did come with a like fairly thick manual that spells everything out. Oh, right? yeah. Here, Instruction Mark, t- booklet. Mark, take a look at this thing. It is, um, it's so long. Um, here, this is, uh, you can scroll through the pages with this. Um, but it's uh, like 15 pages of like double page. So we're talking like a 30 page manual here. Yeah. Um, to navigate just to like get the, the rules and, um, and I think it. I think everything is spelled out there. There are paragraphs of text. Yeah, <laughs> it's so much information. Um, but obviously, that's not how we approached it when, and not how you approached it when you were a kid, right? Right. Well, because I, yeah, I didn't. Here's the weird thing. I liked looking at manuals, like just for like, mm-hmm. especially for games like Gauntlet or something, where it's like you could look at the characters. Right. So you knew like, like what to project the onto them. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, what kind of baggage does this person have? This is an archer. Ugh. People think I can't fight up close. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> I need to be on the other side of a waist-high wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like that too. I like um, instruction manuals or like any other supplemental material that's just like uh, like either graphic or story-based, you know, mm-hmm. so you just like have a better understanding of the world. The game itself should be explaining it itself to me. Well, but I think that's a like modern understanding of how games work because Mm. now they just assume like if games come with a manual at all, they are like built into the menu, you know, like you have to go searching for it in like options or something. And so because people don't have many manuals anymore, then, then uh, game makers have incorporated it into the game, which I think is how it should be. But we're talking about 
but manuals come from a place of like eight bit games where they right. can't explain everything to you right. in the There's game itself. Physically, no room in the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like a, so, a, a PDF of the first page of Super Mario Brothers manual is going to be larger than the game itself. Right. So right. that's yeah. why you like, uh, um, like as games have matured, it has become more like that. Yeah, but even that in the N sixty four era, there's no way that they could really explain all of this information in the game itself. Yeah, it's probably true. Um, and I think like that demonstrates also just a shift in how our generation uh, like learns how to use either software or mm-hmm. a game is that we would prefer to have like a, you know, easy first level or tutorial level or something where we're like, okay, this like learn by doing, yeah Mm -hmm. which is like a huge thing with like, um, if you give someone our age, like a, uh, you sit them down in front of a new software, we're going to poke around on it until we figure out how to use it. Yeah. Whereas someone in my parents' generation, my parents are always like, where's the manual? And like, try and get out like a manual and like, right. Are you trying to do something? Have you tried right clicking on something? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Control click. Okay. Command click. What is going on? And it's, and I don't mean to disparage the people I do work for, but I have voiced quite a few tutorials where I'm like, this is a waste of time. I'm like, I would, I I was like, that's going to die out. So I should take those jobs while I can. That's right. It's, it's a dying art form. I mean, I I think the, so uh, while you were trying to get, uh, beat the first level with only green melons, Mark's first recourse to like figure out what we were doing wrong was go to YouTube. Yeah. And like find someone who was just doing it. Right. So I guess like that's another way that we like to like to learn. Right. It's just by seeing it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, So I just to, to bring this back to like the game specifically, I do think that this game is not a super successful example of like the way that we learn how to play games now where like we learn by failing, right? You, uh, you're Mario, you run, you hit the Goomba, you're like, he dies, and you're like, oh, okay, I know not to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I know not to fall into pits because when it happens, he dies. And like, there are fail states in this game, but like, you can play through a level pretty poorly, you know, just eating whatever garbage fruit you encounter, yeah. and you still beat the level. You get a lower score, but that doesn't stop you from progressing. And also, you wouldn't know that you could get a higher score. Like, there's all yes. these carrots out here, but there's no, like, this is a mix of metaphors. I love there, it. There are no, like, bumpers to guide you, like, where, even where you should be going. Like, the things that you learn that you absolutely cannot do mm-hmm. are, like, you can't, like hug a shy guy you can't like <laughs> fall off of a i wish i could i hug wish i could they're so cute <laughs> um you can't like fall off of a cliff and um that's pretty much it uh, oh you can't like get a little spiky ball thrown on you by a roly-poly right and don't catch on fire like all of don't, these like things all <laughs> of these things but there are like a ton of things that like you wouldn't even know to want to pursue because nobody's telling you like there was nothing that penalized you for not doing it. Yeah, exactly. So there's not enough like parameters on either side. There's not enough sticks, too many carrots. So I think one thing that this game would benefit from in like a modern context is like friend list based leaderboards, right? Cause like the, mm. there is an element of like score attack to all of this, right? And if uh, Mark plays through a level and gets a higher score on it and I can see that while I'm playing that that acts as a kind of stick Mm-hmm. For, to chase the the carrots, yeah. as it were. Yeah, or like, because there there are things where um, you, 
those little uh, square blocks that you jump up and then it gives you like a mini tutorial like hey yeah. if you mm -hmm. do this thing but you can always just not do that thing and you not not hit the block and yeah not read his, or his like hands. just go past blow past it and no i watched you play yeah Kelly. you watched I know me you. play <laughs> you saw i i blew past quite a few things quite a few melons to be honest um but there's no, like, I feel like in a lot of, and this is a little bit, this is leaning a little bit more towards a kind of like open world type game, but mm -hmm. like, uh, you run into like some kind of, usually an NPC that like, is like, Hey, can you like do this thing? And if you do this thing, then you get this thing. And it's like a, you, you get an accomplishment for having done it. Yeah. There's no like task that you can do or that you sh have to do in order to then progress further in the game. Yeah. It's like. You well, ex except for like there are the rare occasions where like it does set up those like little mini challenges. Like uh, there's the race in is yeah in the, the first boxes level. of melons and the boxes of melons. They're like both there are these like instances where it's like accomplish this challenge and get this reward. A mm -hmm. little bit um like Donkey Kong Country style, you know, where like you go into a barrel and then you've got to do something real quick and then you get a reward, um, and then that makes it clear that you're accomplishing something right then. Whereas yeah. as you're just wandering around eating grapes and apples and whatever, um, you're not on like a single track accomplishing one thing. Right. In, yeah. a, in a lot of ways, this feels like to me, the kind of like perfect game for the N64 era in oh, the sense that like, it's very like, and not that it is a, let me rephrase that. Cause it's not that it's like a g perfect game mm. in the N64 era, but it is very, typical of the strengths and i would say mostly weaknesses of the n64 era mm -hmm. where it's very much like we don't really know what we're doing anymore like what is game what is a game now right what yes. is game now? Like, yeah like there is yeah. no there are no rules because we've basically perfected the 2d platformer and we're not making a 3D Yoshi game so what is Yoshi in the N64 era and mm. it's this kind of new sort of platformer that like it doesn't control as tightly as yeah. traditional platformers yeah. you know like the, the aesthetic is interesting but it's not it hasn't aged well like the uh like you're talking about like the little like roly-poly things that mm -hmm. vomit uh spiky balls and then throw them at mm -hmm. you like when they were in uh super mario brothers 3 they were kind of like cute looking and but now they're, they're revolting. A grotesque, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would also say too, like this is kind of people or game developers like trying to understand how much story to include in a because like okay, mm. this is a platformer, but it like kind of has like a like a, there's texture to it, there's like depth to it, even though you can't really explore because there are like characters that are like three dimensionally yeah, in, in the background behind yeah. you but are attacking you, and like so there's. And so then there's that plus like trying to, I think this is a huge, this was a weakness in uh, a lot of ed, the N64 era games, which is like an unsure, like being unsure about like how much mythos is there in this game? Like how, what, what yeah. is the arc of this character? This doesn't really have any story except for these Yoshis are getting happiness and that's it. Yeah. Well, and like it's, uh, more interested, it seems like, in expressing a personality than anything else. Yes. And the landscape has a personality. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's crazy to think that, like, at this time um, in games, this is when, like, 
that the the spectrum of like you know what how much mythology and how much story is in a game can range from you know something like Super Mario sixty four where you're just like running around a castle like sure. almost completely void of story and like Metal Gear Solid which is like a, a movie that you're playing. Well, and Nintendo's never been a huge fan of story no. in general. Like, mm-hmm. and then when they tried a little bit in say something like S- Super Mario Sunshine. Like yeah. the opening of that game is just ten minutes of not playing and watching a cutscene of them like landing on Isle Delfino and yeah. you know, and so then you're like, Oh, I don't want this at all. The Yoshi story actually I think finds a good balance between mm-hmm. the two. Yeah. I didn't find myself being like, but what is their motivation? <laughs> I wasn't like and I do think that there is yeah, I, I like them not doing story rather than doing story terribly. I don't like having to watch mm-hmm. an unskippable cutscene of like, just where I'm like, okay, just let me get to playing. Yeah. But also I'm impatient. So, yeah. I mean, but these, these little story beats are unskippable and they it's, are. it's, they're sh- short though. It's like 45 seconds of uh, text on the screen and Yoshi's singing. And a lot um, of reading. Yeah. Too much reading. Too much reading. Um, <laughs> I would like it if it were narrated by a Yoshi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Charles Martinet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, screams and shouts of the Yoshis in game here are provided by the composer. Really? And not. Uh, I wonder if uh, Chuck Martinet. was mad. I don't know. <laughs> Is that his name, Charles Martinet? Charles? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. Yeah. I always pronounce it with a hard T at the end. I, Martinet? Martinet. Oh, interesting. But uh, it's probably wrong. A small bit of uh, trivia about people that I'm sort of like, whatever, six degree separation from me. Um, I My roommate uh, a few years, like uh, beginning of law school, we'll just say, uh, mm. is a while ago. Um, a lifetime ago. A, life, a lifetime and a half ago. Uh, was part of this like French club in Northern California. And Charles Martinet was like, the most famous person in their French club. That's amazing. And so he came and uh, to this event that they had and he signed two uh, like little pictures of all the Nintendo characters. Uh-huh. One for him and then one for our other roommate. And they were exactly the same except they were like to David, let's go. <laughs> and then like to Devin, let's go. And then him signing it. And they had them in their bathroom, like just one on top of the other. So that's amazing. <laughs> it was very strange, but that's like my connection to Charles Martinet. <laughs> but I know he's legit French. And so it's probably Martinet then. That's why Martinet. I said that. Okay. <laughs> Go make us some coffee. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Just kidding. I will say I will always resent uh, Yoshi's story a little bit because it's further getting us further away from the aesthetic of the one true Yoshi which is the Super Mario World Yoshi where he's more like a horse and his oh, arms aren't as defined. You know, he had like the little yeah. dinosaur arms. Mm-hmm. And because we've gotten to the point where Yoshi's standing up a little straighter and he uses his arms to throw he's things. Evolving. He's like a full like he character can, He can now. play tennis with those arms. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No. The best The best Yoshi is like pack horse Yoshi. Oh my God. I think you also were like, not realizing that you were upset that we were not playing the green Yoshi. We did not play green Yoshi the whole time. And you're like, that's true. But I'd like, I understand why you guys saved him because he, <laughs> because he's the best Yoshi and you want to like savor that. Like, like yellow Yoshi, that's trash. And so if yellow, oh, yeah, Yoshi we, finds... we burned through yellow and pink constantly. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. Those poor Yoshis. Um, so do you... 
well, like we're never going back to that, right? No, like, we're never going back. Yoshi's always going to be a little bit more like person than mm-hmm. just pack mule. Uh huh. And there really aren't. I guess in the new Super Mario Brothers games, you can ride on Yoshi, right? But that's like something that's going away. Well, and now, especially because I feel weird about that now. Because, like, he's now, like, he's walking around on two legs, and then you're like, let me ride you? I don't know. I'm like, I feel bad. I'm like, ah. We we should have seen the signs early on. He's wearing shoes. He's wearing, like, sneakers. (laughs) Like a thick-soled sneaker. Yeah. And he loves it, though. He He loves loves it. And he's he's not wearing wearing it on his hands. And he's also wearing a saddle. So there's a lot of confusing. He's wearing shoes and a saddle. I guess like a horse. So maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What are horses trying to tell us? (laughs) Look, I don't like horses. I don't trust horses. Oh, that's right. You're afraid of horses. You don't like horses? I don't like horses. I love horses. I love being on a horse. Horses are great. They're great. They're too big. Their teeth are too big. They're too muscly. Everything about them is too big. I don't like horses. I think I'm fine. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I feel great about a horse. Ask a horse. (laughs) <laughs> I refuse. We will never have a horse on this show. <laughs> Mark my words. Uh, okay, we've done it, right? We've talked about Yoshi's story. We've covered it. There's n- What else could we possibly say? Nothing. I don't think there's anything else we could possibly say about Yoshi's story. Kelly, are you interested in playing the new Yoshi game when it comes out on Switch next year? Do you yeah, know I'll much about it? it? Yeah. I, I saw the like trailer for it where mm-hmm. he's like... It, now there's like a 3D aspect to it mm-hmm. where you can go like... Back and forth in between. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not exactly sure what the game is, mm-hmm. but uh, sure, I'll play it. I'm not like waiting on the edge of my seat, like oh, geez, Louise, I can't wait. Well, Mark and I have talked about this before, but we find it impossible to be excited about anything anymore. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely dead. Why? Inside. Because you're just worried that it's going to be horrible. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, I still care. I still like get excited about video games. No, I mean, I, I, I get excited about like Splatoon 2. I was so excited for mm-hmm. that to come out and it's lived up to my expectations. But something like Yoshi, I mean, also Yoshi Story is a great example. Like, I don't like these kind of platformers. Yeah. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. And we talked about before that all these good feel games, I don't, uh, Yoshi Story is not, was not developed by good feel, but, but it's in that same vein. It's in that as, same vein yeah. and it's not... I don't care for that kind of platforming. Like the exploration is not super fun for me. I really, and like score running isn't very fun for me. Like I prefer the Super Mario Brothers, like course based Mm -hmm. aspect of platforming. You're more of like an action platform. Exactly. So, um, so like, yeah, this new Yoshi game, I'm not, I'm not super excited about because it just seems like more of that. And it's not something that I'm looking forward to it. My horn. Um, I, you know, like I said, I refuse to be excited about anything anymore until it's in my hands. Um, but uh, I, I liked Wooly World, um, and especially if there is a um, co-op option on Switch, I think that'll be really good. Because um, Wooly World was super fun to, uh, you know, burn an evening with Sarah, just the two of us playing um, together and getting in each other's way and throwing eggs at things and missing stuff. I don't know. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Kelly, have you got anything that you would like to plug? Uh, yes, I, uh, have a, well, first you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at mm-hmm. Kelly Nugi. That's K-E-L-L-Y-N-U-G-E-E. Um, you can, uh, listen to me talk about, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer with, I believe, past guest, Ryan Mogi. Yes, that's correct. Um, on our podcast, Hellmouthy, I also have a, and you can find that on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and I also have a 
podcast on Feral Audio Network called Teen Creeps, which I co-host with Lindsay K. Ty, where we talk about uh, young adult pulp fiction. Um, we've had Patrick on, and mm-hmm. I hope to have Mark on. Um, and it is a fun thing where we just talk about nostalgia stuff from the 90s, but also read books that vary in uh, how good they are. Um, and those are both really good podcasts. Thank you. I like them both a lot. Now, not just because I've been on both of them. He's like, I like them both, especially episodes <laughs> 23. <laughs> I like only the following episodes. <laughs> uh, no, but they're uh, good shows. And yeah, get Mark on. Yeah, we're going to get him on. You're going to have to read a book. <laughs> or watch it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we just played two hours of Yoshi. Homework, homework, homework. Homework, homework, homework. All right. Thanks for joining us, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. And that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, if you have any kind of reactions to uh, what we said about Yoshi's story, or if you have anything you want to chime in with, uh, you can always write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at at gmail.com. Uh, and if you like the show, remember you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, if you really like the episode, why not share it on all social media stuff? Also, check out uh, Kelly Plug did a good job of plugging all of her stuff, but Hellmouthy and Teen Creeps are both great shows, so go listen to those. Um, you can check us out on Twitter at NinCart Society. The Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like Market Minds Opinions, we write about comic books on RatCompunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can check out his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. To all my BBs out there, thanks for listening. Network.